Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Woody Banter Book Club podcast. I'm Maddie, here with... Courtney, hello, and today we are filming on location. What location? I don't remember what it's called. We're at Springs Ranch, I think is what it's just called, Spring Mountain Ranch in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, Nevada. And today we are reviewing the beloved Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Now, we did a review by Taylor Jenkins Reid for Taylor Jenkins Reid on Daisy Jones and the Six earlier this year. It's one of our favorite books. Yes. Um, She's just, you know, phenomenal author. I don't think I like this one as much, but we'll kind of get Mm -hmm. into that. Am I hosting this episode? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, then. I will give you a brief synopsis for those of you who haven't joined us before. I'm going to give you a little bit of a summary about the book. We're going to do a spoiler-free section initially. Uh, Maddie and I will discuss whether or not we recommend this book, whether or not we recommend it to our teenage sisters. Um, And then we will touch on four categories, our pillars, and discuss what we rate those on a scale of one to five. The end, well, halfway through the episode, we will switch and do a spoiler review. So... Um, I will let you know when that's coming, but this book follows Evelyn Hugo, who's a Marilyn Monroe-esque movie star from the 1950s into the late 1980s, Um, and she came from Hell's Kitchen in New York, flew her way down to L.A. She used her husbands to move up in the Hollywood sphere and this follows her journey uh, to stardom and her relationship with the love of her life Celia St. James. Um, The kind of underlying story behind this is she has hired well she has enlisted a somewhat seemingly random writer from Vivant magazine to write her life story even though she has been relatively closed off from the public. So um, there's a nice little twist at the end, but it's basically Evelyn telling her story to Monique, who is the writer for a biography after she passes away. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, pretty wonderful story. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Maddie, would you recommend this book to a fellow reader? You know, so this book is huge on TikTok. Like Mm. people, I remember like when book book talk was getting really big that this was like the biggest thing to have you know Mm -hmm. it's like you got to read Evelyn Hugo and it's a great book but to be honest with you I think that she has like this is okay Seven Husbands was her first big celebrity book Mm. okay so there are flaws okay and we'll get into it in the spoiler section but I think overall it was a really fun read I had a good time reading it. I thought that, like, I just loved the story. There are definitely elements of it that you and I have mentioned before that I just feel like the book could have done without. Mm. But uh, overall, I think it was really great. And, uh, yeah, you know, I would recommend it. um, But I'd recommend Daisy Jones first. So Yeah, I agree. And this book, Taylor Jenkins Reid has an interesting... There's a bug interrupting us. Hey, Cicada, stop it such as life and nature um she has a really interesting writing style though right so daisy jones and the six was written not in like a chapter element but more of just like a stages of life this book did have chapters but it was broken up by husband which i thought was kind of interesting i would recommend this book but there are other 
Taylor Jenkins read books <laughs> I would recommend before I would recommend this one um it was a bit of a lengthy read for me just because I felt like I needed to take a break in between and Taylor Jenkins read isn't really heavy on the romance which is what I've been super into lately so it's not necessarily like her fault still a good book though and I would recommend now would you recommend it to your younger sisters uh I mean yeah I don't think either of them would be particularly interested yeah but I I would yeah there's no reason not to I don't think that there's really I mean there's like a little bit of like risque risqueness but it's not like I mean it's like risque for like the 1950s so like <laughs> not really super detailed detailed or anything yeah. like that so um I might I don't think my sister would like this book either just because it feels more of like a it feels more of like a historical fiction to be honest um and that's just not really any of my sister's speed per se but I didn't find it to be like super out there it wasn't very graphic with any of the sexual type content it was really just kind of glossed over as more about her Evelyn Hugo's career and her love for Celia um but yeah I don't, I don't think it's a a red flag for teenagers no I think that I think that it's fine if a teenager is reading it there's like I mean there's like not really any graphic scenes at all yeah it's basically just her retelling a story about all of her loves so yeah I mean yeah yeah um yeah so our pillars that we normally do, and some of these won't be super applicable just because this isn't, um, it has romance elements, but it's not a romance novel like we typically review on this channel. Um, so what we typically do for our pillars, it is witty banter, character development, smut, and realism. Um, so obviously some of those categories are gonna be a little bit more applicable, but we are going to start off with witty banter. And on a scale of one to five, Maddie, what would you rate this book? Uh, I just don't think there was any witty banter in the book. Um, it was mostly, it's told from, it's, okay, so it's essentially Evelyn is retelling the story to the main character of the story, who is Monique. But the main character of the story is Evelyn. So it's it's told in hindsight from a narrator who's narrating their own life. And they're going to leave out a lot of, like, the dialogue stuff. It's yeah. kind of like Daisy Jones where, like, it leaves out a lot of, like... Dialogue between yeah, people. Yeah, but, like, it's, like, it's kind retrospective. of... Yes, and it's, like, kind of implied what was being said. And you have to deal with the fact that, like, Evelyn is telling the, her own story. So, like, mm -hmm. she's going to admit a bunch of stuff about things that make her look bad or don't make her look she wants them said in a very specific way yeah she she tells the author that she like she wants this to be like a real image of her and she wants to communicate that she's not necessarily like a good person but at the same time she's barely very particular about like the way things are communicated mm -hmm. i don't really think there's any witty banter either there's mostly what i could equate to being close to witty banter or jason is just evelyn using certain elements of herself to bargain her way up to the top yeah. um you know and making these deals with men to get married essentially to benefit her career and their careers uh using people those are really the only kind of conversations that we have 
and for the most part Monique and Evelyn have a very like respect driven relationship because she really wants to write and sell the story Monique does um and so she's very respectful of Evelyn's time and Evelyn is a massive star who doesn't open up very often so she wants to make sure she doesn't make any missteps that being said I don't know I, I guess like a two yeah I realized it didn't give it a numeric value I guess I'm gonna give it a one I yeah. just it's it's just not there you it know just wasn't there doesn't mean it's not a good book yes and we've said that before we've said this hundreds of times these are just things that we look for in like romance novels this one isn't really like a romance novel it just has romance in it yeah so some of the categories aren't going to be as applicable yes but, um then we have character development and what would you rate that on a scale of one to five um i guess i'd be a five right because oh, it's hard because once again it's a story of evelyn telling her story and you get to see Evelyn grow, but then you also have Monique, who's the person who is telling the story, I guess. And Monique, we'll get into this, but I think that she's like an obsolete character. I think that this book yeah. could have 100% done without Monique. I just like, I understand, uh, we'll get into it. It definitely but, like, could have just been like a biography. Yes. Almost, yes. a fake biography. But. Yes. And Evelyn, I think, she had interesting character development. I think mm. the problem is, is that we didn't get to see a lot of the other characters' character development. Like, Celia, to me, has no character development throughout the book. She remains the same the entire time. Yes, I also don't like Celia. I don't like much, Celia either. We'll get into that in the She's spoiler a section. Horrible person, in my opinion. In my humble yeah. opinion. I think. I think this book serves a five on character development for a couple of reasons. One is, like, most of the time we look at where the character starts off and where they end, and we hope that they have some sort of growth, right? And I don't want to say that Evelyn doesn't have that, but the, the kind of underrunning theme of this story is that, like, Evelyn will do whatever she has to to get to the top. She'll use her body. She will manipulate people. She will use them. And at the end, I think it's really just her coming to realize that she's, like, not a bad person. Or not not a good person. She is kind of a bad person. But she got everything she wanted out of life, and now she wants to share that with the world. So I do think that that's growth on a certain level. I think that acknowledgement really fed into her character development, right? Because, like, I think for a long time, even in the book... It's like Evelyn knows that she's doing these things, but she doesn't think she's like a bad person to her core. And at the end, it's just kind of like a, I made mistakes, I lived my life, I was a person. Mm -hmm. Maybe not a good one, but I've left my mark. I changed the saturation really quick because I felt like we were being really washed out. So I turned it down one. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so the underlying story is about Monique getting divorced, kind of being down in her career. She's got a really good job, but she's not writing what she wants to write. Um, and Monique's character development is that she is able to, like, decide when to let things go and when to stand up for herself, which I think was a pretty good lesson, but it just wasn't integral to the story, and it felt very rushed at the end. Yes. So, um, overall, though, like, the characters were compelling. They were interesting, um, especially Evelyn uh, and Harry, who is one of her husbands, and I think they were really fleshed out well, so I do think it deserves a five also. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I think it was good. Because uh, Evelyn's was great. Mm -hmm. But the other characters just... So, but the story's about Evelyn, so yeah. it's, it's hard to, like, really judge. 
yeah others the character development of others but yeah, yeah. i agree uh and this category is probably not going to be super relevant but we usually rate on smut so scale one to five um i think that when we did daisy jones we did imagery mm. instead of okay. in lieu let's of do, smut I- let's do imagery then imagery one to five uh five i could picture yeah. everything that was happening in this book in my head like a little movie I agree. And it felt like a little movie. It was very, the author is very descriptive about, like, outfits, appearances, um, even, like, auras, right? Like, general vibes that the characters were giving off. You could feel like you were, like, sitting in a room with them or watching Mm -hmm. them on the screen when she was describing the movies they were acting in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was a very, like, immersive experience, I would say. It felt like you were in... 1950s and 1960s Hollywood um so I think I'll give it a five on that as well yeah I think I just really you know I really enjoyed reading it there was like parts of this book where I just like I couldn't put it down Mm -hmm. um but there was other parts that I was just like okay yeah and on a side note like there is there isn't really smut that the she talks about when she's like hooking up with certain people she was married seven times obviously yeah. look at the title yes um and she was also in love with celia st james so there there's a few references to like oh a little lizard look at that lizard he's so cute um there's a few references to like sex in general um it's mostly just from evelyn's perspective on what it meant to her whether it was a power play or something that was like intimate um, and valuable to her, a valuable experience, but it just wasn't really, like, there wasn't a compelling element of the story, to be honest. Yeah, it just kind of, like, was there, but Mm -hmm. it, I mean, like, the most descriptive scene is definitely her first time with Celia. Mm -hmm. But that's it. But you have to keep in mind that, like, it's not going to be her being, like, super descriptive because she's telling the story to somebody else. Yeah. And describing the nature (laughs) of those things are not something that normal people do. No. So, yeah. Yeah. I I liked it, though. Yeah, I did, too. Um, and then our final element is realism, mm-hmm. scale of one to five. I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> uh, I can't relate to it because I'm not famous and I don't know any of it. But um, overall, you know, <laughs> as an observer of the Hollywood sphere, getting married seven times doesn't seem totally yeah. out of the ordinary. And knowing the way that like Hollywood has treated women throughout the 50s and the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s and the 2020s um i think that i think it's pretty realistic i mean definitely like the fact that like people were trying to bring evelyn down for her risque acts and her you know eventually like getting like uh she filmed like an r uh, they were called x movies back then um and just like trying to be too much at a time where being too much was dangerous danger yeah it was like a bad thing um but it seems pretty realistic to me so i'm gonna give it a four just because i agree with courtney and that i can't relate 
to it 100% because I'm not famous or have been married seven times. And I'm 25 now, and by the time she was 25, she'd been married, like, what, three? Three or four times. Three or four times, yeah. so. Um, yeah, I mean, Maddie's agreeing with me before I even give my opinion, but she knows what I'm going to say. I, however, I do think it is very realistic in the sense that, like, these characters aren't glamorized. They all have issues, which I think is also very realistic for Hollywood, and... Evelyn really portrays that like everyone's out for themselves and the things that she does are for her benefit mostly to protect her career to uplift her in her career um and it comes at the cost of a lot of other people's happiness lives and success yeah um so I thought that was realistic because there's no climb to the top where you're not stepping on other people's shoulders or or throwing them you know, mm-hmm. under the bus. So I thought that was very realistic. I'm going to give it a four as well. Okay. Um, and I, I think, like, just the general ambiance that the author created contributed to that as well. Mm-hmm. The realistic element. Um, and, and also, I mean, like, Evelyn throughout her career is hiding that she is bisexual and that Celia's lesbian. And that um, Harry is gay. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, I feel like, realistic for the time period as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think it's a, a four overall rating, one to five. Overall, I gave it a four because I did not love the modern parts mm-hmm. of this book. Uh, I think that's what kind of did it for me was mm-hmm. just like, it would have been a five because I loved hearing about Evelyn's story and about all of her husbands and the drama and everything like that. Um, but I just did not like the setup for it I just was not a fan I felt like once again I feel like Monique was just like her omitting her story from the story wouldn't have changed the story yeah and I think that it just kind of is like the reasoning why she was selected and everything like that it all felt very like rushed towards the end not super developed out um so for that reason I gave it a four Yeah, I think I'll give it a four also, like, on the lower end of a four, to be honest. It just, like, there's some books that I just can't put down, and this wasn't necessarily one of them. Like, I definitely wanted to finish it. It was a compelling story, but some parts of it were just kind of boring to me, to be honest, and I don't know. I wish they would have, I wish the author would have written this kind of more how they wrote Daisy Jones, Mm -hmm. where you can tell that it's being told retrospectively, but there isn't like a ton of involvement from the person who's yeah. cre- like we find out at the end that it's who it, who the person telling the story is and, and their significance right I think that could have been done at right. the end right um but I, I don't know I, and I think I got confused a couple of times the way the author split it up because it would switch from being about Evelyn to like being about Monique and her writing the story but there wasn't always necessarily a good transition for you to grasp that right, right off the bat um and I, yeah I don't know I I don't think like Monique's story contributed a lot to the story at, at by the point we find out like what their connection is you already kind of get a holistic view of Evelyn like mm-hmm. she's famous she's not a good person she did what she had to to get where she is right and that just continues like whatever what happens feeds into that narrative but it's already so well established that it just didn't really need to be there in my opinion either so yeah 
a four. Still, it's still a good book. It's still worth your time. I don't think it was worth necessarily all the hype. Yeah. There are books I would recommend before this one. Tons of books. That's that's like the problem with um, TikTok books because, example, I've mentioned it a million times. Twisted Love. Terrible. Horrible. Like truly one of the worst books I have ever read in my life. Red, White, and Royal Blue though? It's giving. A masterpiece. Yeah. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo falls kind of, I mean, closer to Red, White, and Blue, but it's just sort of like... You know what I think the issue is? What? I think it's the same issue with, like, a lot of books, even ones that I read last year that I was like, this is so great. I think that a lot of people were getting back into reading when they read this. Yeah. And, like, they just didn't have a lot of other books to compare it to. Yeah. So they overinflated how good it was in their heads because they just didn't have, like, a really good p- comparison. And at this yeah. point, you and I have been blowing through books for, like, a year straight. So we have a really good reference point for, like, what's good literature. Um, and this is good literature, but it's just not as, like, impactful. Yeah. I also, like, we should do a whole podcast about my theory of the books that you read when you first get back Mm, into reading, mm -hmm. because I have a lot of thoughts on this topic in particular, because I feel like if you haven't read in a while and you pick up a book and you really like it, you're going to, like, just die for that book. But if you've been reading a lot and you read that same book, it's it's a bunny. Oh, my gosh. It's a big-ass rabbit. That's a rabbit. Yeah, that's not... That's not a bunny. That's not a little bunny. Oh, there's another rabbit. What if we just got attacked by rabbits right now? Rabid. They're like, how dare you slander our queen, Evelyn Hugo. No, they're for Celia. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll get into that. I, yeah. I do not like Celia. I think she's a horrible person. But We're going to get into that right now, in fact. So Wait, uh, should we have a little snack before? Yeah. Also, before you guys leave to click off this video because you haven't read the book yet... Because you know our rule. Uh, if you haven't read the book, leave and come back. Get out of here. So we can talk about spoilers. Um, but if you don't care, hi, whatever. Uh, before you go, though, uh, we do have an Etsy shop where we are selling bookmarks. They're so cute. We don't have the monos right yeah, now. Yeah, because we are in the desert. Yeah. I know it doesn't look like we're in the desert because there's a patch of grass behind us and some mountains. Well, this is the only rock patch formations. of grass in the area. Well, there's a little one over there, too. Well... Um, vicinity. But you get the point, right? Like, we're out here. But we've got some cute-ass bookmarks, so if mm-hmm. you want to go hit those up, <laughs> go for it. We're going to take a little snack break? Yeah, take a little a little eatery, and then um, we'll, be back, with we'll be back with some spoilers. I feel like we're in the Hunger Games. <laughs> These are from our sponsors. We already ate. We just ate, by the way. So I'm feeling a little yeah. energized now. We had some... I had a wrap. Maddie had a, a Sammy. We did. Um, we also spent the last few days... We binge-watched all of Twilight and The Hunger Games. So... Twilight was awful. Here's the thing. It has certain cinematic value. Yes. To be sure. Yes, definitely. But it was dog shit. Yes. Dialogue, terrible. Bella Swan, awful. Breaking Dawn Part 1 is the most... Is almost as obsolete as There's Monique. three things that happen. Yeah. Three. That's literally how Monique is. Um, and then we watched The Hunger Games, which still still holds up pretty well. Yeah. I had convinced myself, for some reason, 
that I'd never seen the last two Hunger Games movies. But I was watching them, and I'm like, oh, wait, do they, like, do this? And she's like, I think so. And then they do it, like, literally the next scene. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, I've definitely seen these before. Yeah. So I was just trying to be, like, not other girls and have not seen the Hunger Games, but I was lying. I have definitely seen those movies before. Yeah. We were trying to find other series to watch, but really the only other one we want to do is Harry Potter, and we have to wait till we read the books. Yeah. Anywho, now that we are nourished, um, we will move on yes. to the spoiler portion. 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 Of our review. Um, there are things to be said. Yeah. About this book. Perhaps we could go by husband. I, you know, I was actually thinking that I marked up a bunch of stuff to talk about in this one because I just feel like... Okay, I guess we should just start with the background and how we get to where we are at. Yes. So, basically, the book begins with Monique. She works at Vivant. 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 That's how you say it. A magazine. Yeah, it's a, a magazine, and they, like, do, like, celebrity stuff, and... She's been down on her luck a little bit with yeah. her writing career. Yeah, plus she's just in the process of getting divorced, which is hard for everybody. And nobody would know divorce better than Evelyn Hugo, who's been divorced six, six times. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. No, five. She Harry died. They weren't married. Harry? She wasn't married to Harry. Yeah, they were going to get a divorce, but he died before they got no. divorced. No. Yes. No, they did not get married again. They didn't get divorced. Yes, they did. Oh, he, he dies. Oh, you're right. You're he, right. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> they got divorced after John dies. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Disregard. Yeah, just ignore her. I don't she know doesn't know what she's about. talking about. It's okay. We all have those moments. Shut <laughs> up. Anyway. Okay. So, so she's kind of, you know, she's down on her luck. She's not having the best time right now. And she goes into work. And her boss, Frankie, she's like, hey, um, I got this crazy email Yeah, from Evelyn Hugo. She wants you to come over to her house and do a story for Vivant on dress auction, dress auction, because Evelyn is selling her beautiful gowns to raise money for breast cancer because her daughter has just died of breast cancer. Yeah. Now, <laughs> she... Is uh, f- first of all, Frankie, bitch. Yeah. Okay. She's like, um, she sent that back, and we sent back a bunch of names that we think to do it instead. Because like, why would she want you? Because you. Because you suck. suck. You're the like, worst. Like you're not a good writer. You're not like up there yet. Why would she pick you? Yeah. So we were like trying to get like somebody who's like really qualified and like yeah. good. And Evelyn was like, no. Evelyn's like, no. I want Monique. And you're sitting there thinking, what could possibly be the reason why she wants Monique? We will talk about it. We'll get there. But it's stupid. And this whole part could have just been omitted. omitted. So anyway. So Monique heads over. She's like doing her research. She watches like a bunch of movies about Evelyn Hugo. And like is preparing to have this conversation with her Mm -hmm. for Vivant magazine. Yeah. And Frankie's like, she's going to play hardball. So you got to play hardball back. Yeah. Get that story. Yeah. So she's trying to prepare. Mm -hmm. She knows what questions to ask. So she shows up to, oh my gosh, she shows up at Evelyn's, and what happens? Evelyn's like, this is how it's going to go. Yeah. And you're going to listen, or you're going to get the fuck out. Um, yeah. So she's like, listen, babes, 
I wanted you. And she's like, yeah, I know, but why? She's like, because I don't want to do a story for Vivant. I don't care about them. I was just going through them to get to you. I want you to write my life memoir. To which Monique goes, beg pardon? Because Evelyn is notoriously out of the media for the last two decades, three decades. Right. Um, and so they lay out some ground rules. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to. The ground rules are essentially that, like... The story can be written... Okay, so Evelyn's going to tell her the story, the whole story. And then Monique can choose to put what she wants into a memoir about her. And then publish that book after uh, Evelyn dies. Uh, and we're like, okay. Why why after she dies? Like, what could she be possibly hiding? And that's the same question Monique has. And she's like, well, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to go back to the very beginning. And I'm going to tell you my entire life story all the tea all of it and Monique she's kind of battles with herself for a minute being like "Ooh, this is kind of you know a little bad like I shouldn't be poaching this story from corporate opportunities yeah from the corporation that I work for my legal professors be so proud right now <laughs> hopefully they're not watching mm, definitely <laughs> hopefully not. they have no idea this exists. if you are get out of here <laughs> you don't get this side of me um, yeah, so she's like, mm, what do I do? And everyone's like, quit being a bitch and mm-hmm. take up. this opportunity. You, like, you're going to make millions. Who cares about your writing job? Yeah. At um, Vivant Magazine. And then she's like, can I think about it? And everyone's like, I'll see you tomorrow, stupid. <laughs> you freaking idiot. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow, and, moron. And so, of course, she shows up because she's not that big of a moron, apparently. Yes. And we start with our first husband, poor Ernie, Ernie Diaz. And this, he, yeah. In this section, we get a little bit about Evelyn's backstory, who she is, where she comes from, right? She is Cuban. Cu- she's Cuban, and she is, you know, she speaks Spanish at home. She's got dark hair, and she's like very pretty, and yeah. she's Her mom oh, is dead. Yeah. Sad. Uh, her mom was uh, like, I'm going to be a movie star and get us out of poverty, which is like her inspo. And, her and dad, then I'm also going to die. Yeah. Her dad, piece of shit. It's implied that he's like drunk and also a little like perverted because he is like making eyes at her and yeah. stuff. And so he wants to like marry her off to his boss or something. She's like, no, I need to get out of here. I need to find a marriage. It's going to yes. work for me. And so then we meet poor Ernie Diaz. Yes, and she tells, she sees him, and she's like, he is my ticket out of here. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it is exactly about him that makes her think that it's his, that it's her ticket out of there. I don't remember, but I think he was interested in her, mm-hmm. and she could tolerate him, and he would move her to yeah. California. Get so, her out of Hell's Kitchen. That is what happens. She Trades tells her virginity. Him, yep, she's like, I will marry you, and... In addition to that, I'd like to move to California. And he's like, okay, that's fine. She also lies to him. She tells him that she's 18 when she's only yeah. 16 years old. And her dad signs the papers to sign her away. And she's out of there. I she's, think she might have even been younger than that. No, I think she was 16. Maybe I, keep, I think she lied about being 16. I think she was like 15. Because um, the rules were different back then. You yeah, know. you know. Because she got married her second time at like 19 or something. Yeah. Anyways. So she they move. They move to California. She's like poaching all these hot spots, right? She's sitting at mm-hmm. this bar, this coffee shop every day, waiting to 
be noticed. I think some bartender's like, I know what you're doing. If you're gonna be here, you might as well put in some work. Mm -hmm. Eventually she does, in fact, get noticed um, for her <coughs> beautiful face and yeah. her giant breasts. Um, yeah, and, and she I think and she, she has no hairy. and she has no ass. Yeah, she does no ass. She has no ass, and that is funny for a couple of reasons. One, when have you ever seen a Cuban woman who has no ass? Never. So she's very unique. Um, <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, it's just I don't know. They're blessed. Yeah, truly, on all fronts. Yes. So she meets. Harry. Harry. Harry Cameron. Yep. And he's like, damn baby, you're going to be a star. And not a creepy way, because he's gay. Um, and he's like, let's go meet Ari, this piece of shit. And she's like, cool, yeah. great. They give her her makeover. Mm -hmm. She gets like, blonde hair. They change blonde. her name to, to try and make her sound like she's white. And yeah, Evelyn Hugo instead of Evelyn Harada. Although, to be honest with you, I don't really think the last name Hugo gives me very, like, white Hugo. vibes. Yeah. yeah. True. It's almost like Slavic-y, but Hugo? Hugo? I don't know. Let us know in the comments. Anyways. Maybe it's just um, because, like, I just think of, like, Hugo Chavez. Ah. Uh, so I'm thinking, like, do it. Latin American. But yeah. it's his first name, not his last name. But They change her up. They make yep. her more palatable, if you will, mm -hmm. to the Hollywood market. And then Ari Sullivan, the head of the studio, eats her out on his desk. Gross. Because <laughs> he's a, a perv. And she's also, like, 17 years old. And then she's like, I know what I need to do. I need to get a divorce. So, well, no. No, no, no. She meets Don Adler. Right? And then she gets divorced. Well, she, maybe. She's going on dates with other people first. Was she? Yeah. Oh, okay. No. So her relationship with Ernie started going down the hill because she was in a movie. Mm. And he was like, my wife's in a little movie. Ha, 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 ha. How cute but is like, that? And she was like, um. But like the thing is, I don't think he was saying it to be mean, but she was like, so she says, I wanted to punch his lights out. Yeah. He wasn't a good, he, I mean, like he wasn't a bad person. She just was using him. So. Yeah. But they get divorced <laughs> and she's like, Don Adler, the hot and up and coming actor in Hollywood right now they hit it off immediately yeah and he's seen around town with other women but he's like let's do this baby yes also really quickly she was 14 when she got married mm -hmm. so you were right yeah far too young see it all happens um so you know eventually they're like we really need you to be single because we need you to seem appealable to the audience so she is like, okay, then I guess I'll get divorced from Ernie. They get divorced, and she felt kind of bad about it at first, but in hindsight, since she's telling the story from the f past, or from the future about the past, she's kind of been like, you know, I've kind of accepted that what I've done to him, it, it, it worked out for both of us. This he is, got married, he but this kids. Is, this is the flaw of Evelyn, is that I don't think Evelyn really understands, and this is like what Celia talks about too, is that she never really understands that her actions have consequences mm. that will impact other people. So like, enough. yes, she did everything she could to get out of whatever. Yes, it's a little weird that Ernie married a 14-year-old, but like... <laughs> I don't know. They were just stepping stones. Yeah, and that's kind of like, that's like Evelyn's flaws, that she uses people to 
make sure that she can obtain this level of power that she wants and desires and whatnot. Yes, so she gets divorced. We're on to, she starts dating. She's dating, um, let's see, Brick, what's his nuts? Brick Thomas, Ed Baker. She's going on dates. Yeah, she's. And then she meets Don Adler. Yes. Who is. The goddamn Don Adler. He's coming up. We're on Don Adler. He's. Mm -hmm. They hit it off, and he's incredibly handsome. This is the first person Evelyn's like, I think I actually like this person. So, Mm -hmm. me being attracted to him is like cool, and I can use them to promote my career. She wants to be in Little Women. And they're like, no, you need to like be in these roles first and work your way up to it. And she's like, you know who's gonna help me get that role? Mm-hmm. Don Adler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Because he's Sunset Studios' golden boy at the moment. Yes. Because he's just young and handsome and charismatic. Yeah, and everybody just really likes him a lot. And. You know, she just, like, she really does like him a lot. But the problem with Don is that he, you know, they get engaged and everything's going really well. But the second that they're married, he starts abusing her. Yeah. He, and he, you know, she's like, she makes excuses for it for mm-hmm. a long time because mm-hmm. she actually likes him. Um, eventually she comes to her senses, but... He also is just has such a fragile ego for such yeah. an up and coming man, and uh, their fucking housemaid. Yeah. Pardon my French. Um, she sells. A, she is Evelyn's being hit right, and the maid comes in to do something, and Evelyn yells at her to get out because she doesn't want her to see her bruises. And what does the maid do? She sells a story that she's like Evelyn is not being a good wife mm-hmm. to Don Adler. She's not cooking for him. And she's also so mean to the help. Um, and there's no mention of the domestic violence None. which the maid has witnessed. So right. instead, Evelyn's like, I know what to do. We're going to plant a trap story for this little minx mm-hmm. to release to the public. Well, there's a couple of things that happen in between there's there. There's plenty of things, I'm sure. So one... This is during this time period when she's with Dawn is when she finds out that Harry is gay. Um, Because she's like, Harry, why didn't you, like, ever try to make a move? And he's like, because I don't want it, sis. Um, That's all he does. And and then she's like, let's be best friends. Because what girly pop does not want the gay bestie? Yeah. Can't think of any. She's maybe, like, the worst ones. Ugh. We don't talk about those here. Yeah. So, I am. Yeah. And then... You know, they, they, they film a movie together, and then it was during this time that he starts, like, hitting her at, like, while they're filming. And to be honest, a lot of it has to do with Don losing some of his momentum in Hollywood, which is something that we see a lot with men who are abusive. It's on their good days, they're, they're fine, great. but on their bad days, they're really bad. And it's all your fault that their yeah. career isn't going the way that they want, or, yeah, because you're not being a good enough yeah, so he was his career was going down and Evelyn's was going up. So he was very jealous, and the only way that he could take it out was violently. So and then he like apologizes. He does the whole the whole uh, shebang, the the common whatever. Um, and then the maid walks in and sees that she's got bruises, chooses to ignore that, 
That's the whole story. Yep. And then they get... Then she, she meets... Gets, she meets Celia. Because yeah, Celia's she in gets, Little Women. Yeah, she gets yeah. Little Women, finally. The, the movie she's wanted forever. She mm-hmm. finally gets it with the movie she's been filming and the help of John Adler. And we meet Celia and Ruby and a couple other people, but we don't really care about them. No. Um, and Celia is described as like girl next door from Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, very beautiful blue eyes, long red hair. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> um, so me. And uh, they hit it off pretty instantly. Celia's like, oh my God, I don't know why you don't like me. And yeah. all the other actresses don't like her because she's good, obviously. She's a great actress, and she knows she's good. And she also knows that she's pretty, so yeah. she's using all those things to her advantage. Right. And at this point, Evelyn is more famous than her. So she's like, Evelyn, let's go to this, like, really public place to get a shake. And she's trying to play it off like Miss Nice Girl, and Evelyn's like, I see right through you. You're trying to use me. If you're going to do it, at least own it. So yeah. they go to this random shake shop instead. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right. We can be friends. I'm gonna teach you how to work your way through Hollywood. And they start hanging out. And Evelyn's slowly like, Celia's kinda pretty. But like in like a friend way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Celia's really pretty, but like in a friend way. Um, yes. um So then we find out, you know, that so Celia is having this little bit of a sexuality crisis because she's like I like Celia as a friend. At the same time, she and Don clearly not having a great relationship because he's abusive. And she, the news puts out an article about how they live in this beautiful big ass house and they have no kids. And she's mean to the help. And she's mean to the help. And um, how everything's all about her and she's leaving Don so very unsatisfied. And so she's like, this is bullshit. Like, this is just not true. Whatever. And she starts hanging out with Celia a lot more also during this time, but as friends. <laughs> and She's trying to figure out how to salvage yes. herself after this article. And she knows that the maid is the rat. Right. So what she does is she essentially plants this story that she had a miscarriage. And then they fire the maid because mm-hmm. they're like, who better to take a fake story to the media than someone who's been recently disgruntled yes in their employment yeah so um you know they go and they tell the that she's had a miscarriage or like had several miscarriages at this point and then everyone's like oh my oh god, my god she's not withholding children from dawn she's, she's just, just infertile she can't have kids oh my god it's so sad saves her reputation yes but then after what an award show yeah, Don gets a little drunky. He's a little mean, mm-hmm. meany meaner, um, and he decides he's gonna get some toppy in the bathroom from. Yeah, they go to a party where Celia wins, right? She wins something like for Little Women, maybe. Yeah, I think she wins for Little Women, and so he's cheating though. Yeah, he be cheating. Celia, or, or, uh, Evelyn's like really happy for Celia because Celia did he's great. Doing well, and she yeah. was she played Beth, so she was. A fan favorite. Um, speaking of Little Women, we are dressed like we are in Little Women today. I told Courtney that she is Beth. Because I'm diabetic. Yeah, although I don't think she died of diabetes. I think she had tuberculosis or something. It's fine, because <laughs> Celia 
did the best in that movie because she played Beth. So. Oh, okay. So they go to a party and, or they're about to go to a party. And they're like trying on outfits. She and Evelyn, something on her clothes. Yes. And then Evelyn sees Celia without a shirt on and she's like, Whoa. She's got like crazy That's freckles a, on her hip. That's oh my a god. Nice rack. But like in a straight way. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so then they go to their event. They go to the premiere. And the premiere is great. Everything is fine. And then she cries when Beth dies. So this is before the award show. She cries when Beth dies. And then Don rolls his eyes at her because Don sucks. And she says, he's going to find an excuse to hit me later, but it'll be for this. Which means that Dawn, I think she's kind of omitting part of it here, that Dawn is catching on to her and Celia. Yeah, but he's they're a just right now, cheating anyway. Well, right now they're like in like a, a weird, flirty friendship where it's not like... I, neither of them have crossed that line, but it is like looming in the backdrop. Yes. And I think Dawn can see that. And part of the story is that, like, we don't know what else is happening because we're only hearing it from Evelyn's perspective. So there could be a lot more going on that we just don't know about. Um, so, yeah. So then, you know, she talks to some people and then she finds out that she's a lesbian. Not Evelyn. Yeah. Celia's she, a lesbian. Riley's like... Ruby. You, or Ruby. Riley. She's like, did you know Celia's a lesbian? And Evelyn, it's like a aha moment. And simultaneously, she finds out that Dawn is upstairs getting the toppy from some random lady. Yes. Um, so she's like, I'm going to find Celia. This is my chance. Dawn, he's, she's equally hurt by his actions and excited when she finds out that Celia likes women. Yeah. So she goes upstairs. They do a little... Well, and then here on page 123 is when she admits that the love of her life was Celia St. James. And then um, she talks about how she's bisexual, but there wasn't a word for it back then. So she didn't really understand what was happening. And that plays into Celia's character in a little bit. One of her most annoying aspects, in my opinion, is that Mm. she's always trying to put her into a box. Yeah, she, there's a part of the book where Evelyn's like, when Celia loved me, I was a lesbian. When she hated mm-hmm. me, I was straight. Right. Um, and I think it's just the difficulty Celia had reconciling. Like, Celia's only attracted to women. I don't think she can understand how Evelyn is attracted to right. both genders. And honestly, you can't really blame Celia a ton because just, like, sexuality was something that just wasn't really talked about a lot back then. Um, and, I mean, we see things that happen throughout this book that involve, you know, LGBT rights, like the stone, they mention the Stonewall riots and they talk about all the protesting afterwards and the riots afterwards and how, you know, they're scared, a huge part of, you know, the story is that Evelyn's just scared of losing everything for coming out being gay, which is obviously something that's very different to now, but yeah, and then... Uh, she decides to get divorced from Don. Yeah. And he wants to blacklist her, and he does, essentially. So she's kind of down in the dumps, but her, at least her and Celia can kind of... They still continue to hang out, um, and 
develop their relationship, they start to see each other more seriously, right? Now that she's decided she's getting a divorce. But her career has taken a massive hit because of her divorce from Don Adler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, then we like have a little bit of like a separation part where um, she like is like, Monique is leaving and she's just like, it doesn't really seem like anything you've done has been so bad so far. And everyone's like, just you wait. Just you wait. Yeah, and uh, the media is also starting to get suspicious of how often Evelyn and Celia are hanging out. So Evelyn's yes. like, I need to do something about this. Enter gullible Nick Riva. Yes. Um, Riva is a star. He was featured in um, Daisy Jones and the Six. Yes. They, they went on tour the sixth. They went on tour with him, um, and he is also the father of the main characters of Malibu Rising. Yes. So um, McRiva is well known in the sphere. Sphere. Also, I haven't read Car- uh, Carrie Soto's back yet, but I'm assuming that he plays a minor role in that as well because Carrie Soto's story is intertwined with um, Nina's, and Nina is the main character in Malibu Rising. So gotcha. So. They are trying to divert attention away mm-hmm. from themselves because Evelyn wants to protect her career in Celia because people are not allowed to be gay in Hollywood at this time. Although, before we get into it, Celia does win her thing, her Oscar. Mm-hmm. And since Evelyn is blacklisted currently because she of watches. Dawn, she watches from home and she kisses the TV and she, she chips, chips her, her tooth. tooth. I'm like, how, how hard are you kissing yeah. the, the screen? Oh my gosh. We'll come back to that later as well. <laughs> um, but so... Evelyn cracks this plan. She's like, Mick Riva has announced to the world that he desires me. So I'm going to manipulate the fuck out of him. I'm going to get him to marry me. I'm going to get him to annul our marriage just to get the media talking about anything else. So mm-hmm. she does precisely that. She lures him to Las Vegas. They get married at a chapel in, in like... A drunken state at 3 a.m. Um, then she's like, I have to have really awful sex with him so he doesn't like me. Which mm-hmm. she proceeds to do. And in the morning, he's like, listen, babe, we just weren't meant to be. And she's like, what? What do you no. mean? I, I love you so much. And he's like, mm, baby girl, I think Annulment. Not. Yeah. Annulment. Um, which is fine for her. She's like, cool, sick. Um, and then, after the annulment, media runs with that. But... She got pregnant when she hooked up with him. And Celia initially knew about, like, the marriage farce. She wasn't super on board. She didn't know that Evelyn was going to sleep with him. And Evelyn was like, it was implied. What do you think he wanted? Mm -hmm. Celia up and leaves. And Evelyn's like, well, I'm not having this baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And Celia and I are not speaking. So she calls Harry. And Harry's like, we're going to Tijuana. To get that thing out of there. Um, And sure enough, she does. And then she comes back and she's like, all right, I'm in the dumps from Dawn. Got this McReva thing, but it's not enough to get my career back on the move. Right. So, enter um, Max. He is a French director. No, she marries Harry next. They aren't getting married. She's just starring in the movie. 
oh. to get her career back on okay. track. <laughs> Enter Max. He is a French director, and she's like, I need to go to Europe because nobody here is hiring me. And there's, like, this movie coming up that's a little risque that I can use to catapult my career Oh, wait, back. no. She was with Rex next. She didn't film that first? No, because this is this. she does um, Anna Karina. She doesn't do that first, though. Yeah, she, she does. Because he's the count and counter and yeah, see. But they wouldn't hire her there. She had to do the other movie first. That bullet on train is what got her back into Hollywood. Is it? Because we've got her abortion here. Her abortion. And then she's talking about seeing pictures and then she marries the count. She do Anna Karina. Maybe she did bullet on train before she met. Because that's what she had to do that movie to get her. Yeah, okay, back so on she's track. she does it like pretty early on. She must have done it before Mick. Anyway, she does this. She movie, does it right? wait, she does it when she's with Mick. Or like before she gets with Mick. Because she's writing these letters to Celia here. So she does that. So this she's is like a nearly a little bit topless before. shot. Anyways. Yeah, nearly topless. It cuts away right at the right moment. This gets well her back. back into Hollywood. Then she gets pregnant. She gets married and old, then pregnant. Her and Celia break up abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then Anna Karenina. Yes. Um, and enter Rex, what's his face? Yes, then she marries Rex, who was her co star. And he, they're up front from the beginning. She's like, I don't really like you. Like, we're not going to have sex or anything. This is just going to be great for our careers. Yes. And he's like, and I can, like, mess around with whoever. And she's like, go, go for, for it, it, babe. Um, and so they get married. And honestly, they have a pretty normal relation. Like, this is the most normal relationship of them all, except for one night when he gets a little drunk and he's like, you really never want to sleep with me. And, and she's, she's like, like, no, no. Not um, interested. Celia gets engaged to a man, and so everyone's like, what's going on there? Anna Karenina does really well at the box office. Yeah. Her and Celia are still not speaking. No. Um, and eventually, I mean, she's doing a lot more movies. Eventually, Rex is like, listen, I am in love with my ex. She's like, okay, let's plan this out so we can get divorced. And he's like, ooh, problem. She's pregnant. And she's like, fine. So she plants this scandal that she's been cheating on Rex um, and that he's been cheating on her. So neither of them are like in the wrong. Their careers aren't that hit that hard. Um, and she's single for a while. And then she's like, best friend Harry, bestie Harry. What if, well, what if we got married? She finds out. Right? Doesn't she find out here that John... Yeah. So she finds out that Harry... Is seeing John. Is seeing John, who is Celia's husband, because... Lots of beards. Yes. There, there's, a, there's a part where she says, we're four beards for each other. That made me laugh. Yeah. But this is what kind of initiates their... Celia and Evelyn's relationship. Yes. Again. She, because he's seeing the quarterback, and then... Evelyn's like, so, Celia, she's, like, not seeing anyone? And Harry's like, no. And he's like, I have an idea. And that idea is that Harry and Evelyn get married while John and Celia are together. 
and they'll just wife swap. Well, mm. part partner swap. They give their wives to each other, and then they give their gay beards. Lots yes. of gay beards. Yeah. So you get it. Um, then we start with the brilliant, kind-hearted, tortured Harry Cameron. Oh, Harry! They're doing their little swappy thing. They they move to New York. Um, Harry and Evelyn buy an apartment, and John and Celia do, but John and Harry live together, together, and Celia and Evelyn live together. And Evelyn's doing a lot of movies. She's doing well. Eventually, at some point, her and Harry are like, we agreed one day we wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. We but could adopt, but... I think we need to talk first about Celia being a total bitch. Okay, mm. this, their second relationship, I didn't like her the first time. I really did not like her the second time. Celia is like Dawn, where she, when she is not getting what she wants. It's Evelyn's fault. It's Evelyn's fault. Whenever she is going through something that is negative or like not super thrilled with something, it's Evelyn's fault. And Evelyn is a bitch for it. And instead of physically assaulting her, she will verbally assault her. Yeah. Here's, here's an, uh, Celia wins an award and... Evelyn calls her, and she says something. This is what she says. Exactly the same Evelyn I've been dealing with for years. Nothing's changed. You're afraid of who you are, and you still don't have an Oscar. You are what you have always been, a nice pair of tits. Then part of Celia's problem, like we've already touched on, is that she can't accept the fact that Evelyn likes both men and women. Because she has con- Celia has convinced herself that all of Evelyn's relationships with men have never meant anything to her other than just doing what she thought she had to do, because that's just how the world is but evelyn is kind of problematic too because she doesn't really love all of evelyn no in that way yeah and then evelyn's like very forward like no like i I love don like i did love him like it wasn't like i was just with him for whatever and she is just like you know she says here that's how it was with celia when you denied her what she wanted when you hurt her she made sure you You hurt hurt her too and so she's hurt by evelyn's sexuality which is something that i don't think she has the right to be upset about and this is like one of the problems with this book is that i feel like evelyn not the book but like evelyn herself is that she's given she has given every excuse she possibly can to celia but celia is just not a good person yeah and she has spent her whole life being in love with somebody who's awful to her yeah and we'll, uh, there's a little more to discuss on Celia yeah. too, but um, so they're like 36 at this point, most of them. They're in their mid late 30s, and this is at the point where Harry and Cil- uh, Harry and Evelyn are like, we've always wanted to have kids. If we adopt, it'll draw more suspicion. Right? right. They'll be like, why are they adopting? Um, and they both want like a biological kid, mm-hmm. so they're like. Well, we can't do artificial insemination either. Right. It's because still it's still suspicious. New. Suspicious. Also new. And new. And so she, Evelyn approaches Celia and she's like, I want to have a baby with Harry. And we have to have sex to do that. And Celia Keep in mind, Harry is gay. Like, yeah. But like, they just, they want a kid. So they'll do what they got to do. Mm-hmm. Make the hardware work. And uh, Celia is a little apprehensive at first. She doesn't really want kids, but she's happy to be, like, functioning in a cool aunt role mm-hmm. while Harry and Evelyn raise their daughter. So Celia finally consents, and Harry and Evelyn 
have a baby and they name her Connor mm-hmm. and they have a pretty good dynamic for a while yeah good little foursome of them. she was born I just realized she was born May 23rd 1975 my dad's birthday is May 22nd 1975 oh my god so that puts into perspective how young she is when she yes. dies <laughs> um so all four of them are raising Connor essentially obviously Evelyn and Harry are, are way more invested mm-hmm. um and then uh Evelyn gets another movie role with Max um and he wants Dawn to be in the movie mm-hmm. her ex-husband and um her Evelyn and Dawn meet and Evelyn is like we can do this movie but like there's some ground rules right and Dawn's like I'm really sorry for what I did I'm sober now I should never have done that and she's like you know what this is going to be good for her career it'll be great publicity I like the director Max the right. Frenchman and I still hate Don but I will do this because um, he's not as bad as he used to be yes and then so the movie's going well and Max is like I want you guys to have a sex scene but I want the sex scene to be like about the female pursuit of pleasure not like a woman aiming to please someone else like mm-hmm. a woman taking what she wants for herself in the act of sex and it was kind of revolutionary for the time so Evelyn's like yes we have to do this for um, the movie we have to do it for like society mm-hmm. culturally to make a statement um, and so she does it and then after the fact she goes to Celia to try and pitch it to her and Celia's like yeah that makes sense but no yeah that you know what that movie would be great for society but no I can't live with but it but the reason why she says no is not because of society it's because it's with Dawn Right, and she and so, and Evelyn's like, I don't care about Dawn. Like, it's just a movie. And she's like, Yeah, but like, you had sex with Nick, and you had sex with Harry. She was like, Okay, but and she's like, we're, and back even... to, we're back together. Like, you got over Nick. You told me I could have sex with Harry, so we could have our daughter. And I didn't even actually have sex with Dawn. Yeah, it was just a movie. It was just fake. And so then Celia, Evelyn is like, okay, well, I already did it. And then Celia's like, I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. It's over. I'm not even going to talk to you anymore because you have betrayed my trust. What trust is that, Celia? There must be something. You know what? I feel like there's something that she's not telling us about this conversation. Because I just feel like either Celia, because she's painting Celia in such a bad light. But she also says that she's the love of her life. I know. That's all she wanted. But maybe Celia was just a bad person. I know. And she, you know, like, I don't know. I think Celia does a lot of things. They're they're, st- they're movie stars. Like, that's how it works. And yeah. for her to be, like, upset about it, especially like, when she didn't even have sex with Donna, it was just whatever. So Celia leaves. Also, Harry's gay. So, like, I, don't know. I can't imagine that they were having a lot of fun when they were No, they were trying to make a baby. Procreating. Um, but... Cecilia leaves, and their whole little dynamic is broken. Yeah. Um, and then, unfortunately, John dies. Yes. And Harry is Depressed. reeling. He is reeling. And uh, he's drinking. He's still being a good dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, now Evelyn's alone, Cecilia's gone, and John is dead. And... We see in the headlines that Celia is best friends with a new female celebrity. So Evelyn's a little hurt over that. Mm-hmm. But she is trying to get Harry out of the slump. And during this time, you know, she and Harry, they're just pretty much 
co-parenting like they've always been just co-parenting but like at, it's to this point where you know he doesn't do anything because he's so sad and depressed and sleeps all day and doesn't do anything and she you know is talking with max the director from the risque movie um because evelyn kind of gets blacklisted a little bit after it because mm-hmm. she filmed an x-rated movie which is Risque. Risque, and um, it does impact your... Viability. Yes. There's a there's a, a podcast I listen to called You're Wrong About, and they actually have a whole episode about the rating system for movies. It's very interesting if you want to go listen to that after this podcast, of course. So she gets a script from Max, and it's mm-hmm. good. And Harry's like, I like this. She Because she's also like, I need to give Harry work like he's being a great dad but i need to pull him out of this depression mm-hmm. with the one thing that he loves besides john who is now dead so they find and connor this, their daughter they find this project and she's like i don't know kind of into max, max. the director and she's like i'm so heartbroken over celia and i feel like he actually likes me and i feel like i could like him so her and harry have a discussion where they're like we don't need to be married anymore. And Harry's yeah. cool with it. And so... And they are married for like 13 years or something like that. Her longest marriage. And so yep. they get divorced and she gets married to disappointing Max Gerard. Immediately. Like, they get divorced so that she can marry him. Because she shows Harry like a letter that Max wrote where he's mm-hmm. like, I'm in love with you. I want you to be with you. And whatever. So she and Max get together. And we come to realize that Max loves the idea of her yeah. more than her herself because he doesn't try to get to know her he just wants her as arm candy and he starts to get very angry and mean um and then celia wins another award on tv mm-hmm. and evelyn watches and um she you know and to gets... anyone tempted to kiss the tv tonight please do not chip your tooth that was her acceptance yeah her acceptance and then, but speech. also it's important to note that evelyn did win an oscar mm-hmm. for one of her movies finally yes and she gives a speech and she mentions like she's out there yeah vague vaguely but very vague we know who she's talking to we do the audience so speculation then, then celia wins she mentions evelyn in her speech covertly and then Evelyn starts writing Celia letters and they reconnect and they're basically like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and they decide they get they talk on the phone and then they decide that Evelyn's gonna go see Celia and Evelyn plans out this whole trip she has these letters that she's been sending back and forth with Celia and she get, she's getting ready to leave and she's like you know what I actually kind of want to bring those letters with me mm-hmm. and she walks upstairs Max has the letters strewn across the room, and he's like, you're a lesbian. He is calling her slurs. I hate you. He is being awful. Um, And uh, then she's like, you know what? You don't even like me. You like the idea of me, and I don't want to be with you anymore. And he's like, well, I'll I'll tell everyone. And she's like, you're just going to look like... You're crazy. A disgruntled ex-spouse. Like, you're just going to look like you're saying anything you can Mm -hmm. about me to look bad. Um, so then she goes to California. Evelyn goes to California. She meets up with Celia. They basically are like, well, we've like hooked up with other people, but it hasn't been the same. And they're both like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But then Celia is like, I have chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Me gonna die. Which means she's gonna die. She has, it's like a heart condition, right? Yeah. 
pulmonary. Yeah. yeah. But she's concocted this plan. She's like, listen, you, Max, done. You are going to marry my brother, Robert. We are going to move to Europe where we can live our own quiet lives. But we have to get Harry on board. And Harry is, unfortunately, not, not on board. On board. Um, so they spend some time in L.A. for a movie, I believe. And, uh, unfortunately, as she's trying, like, her daughter's getting older. She's a teenager. She's, she's like, like 15, I think, at this time. She's back in New York, and Evelyn has a conversation with her on the phone. She has a conversation with Harry. Harry's not on board, um, because Harry has, like, fallen in love with someone else. And he didn't think he yeah. would do that after John, and he doesn't want to leave the country. Mm-hmm. But Harry still has a drinking problem, and... On her way to go pick up Harry from the house he's renting, they, her and her driver. Well, no, they, like, Harry comes up with a plan because he's met somebody. So he's like, Celia can marry him. Yeah. And I will marry you again. Which wouldn't have worked anyway, but we'll get to that. And she's like, okay, well, I'll come over and talk about it. And she's on her way there and she gets to like his road. There's like a, a, a car that's been rammed into a tree and so she and her driver get out and they inspect and they see that there's two people in the car one is he's dead is dead in, in the, the passenger in the passenger seat. seat yes and the other one is harry harry and he's drunk and so to protect harry's reputation she and her driver take harry out of the car put him in their car and drive him to the hospital and, and they, they put the, the passenger in the driver's seat yeah so they're like okay like, this is fine. And then she's, like, talking to Harry, but then the doctor's like, listen, like, Harry, he's not going to make it. Like, he is going to die. So she goes in, and she says goodbye to him, and then he dies. Yes. Um, and then her kid goes off the deep end, starts doing yeah. drugs. She catches her daughter. Very Lindsay Lohan of her. And Ellen's like, we got to go to Europe. We got to get you out of here. Mm-hmm. I want to be alone with Celia. So she gets married to Celia's brother, Robert. Um, and they live a somewhat normal life. Uh, Evelyn at some point comes out to Connor and Connor's like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Yep. Um, and Robert is a good dad substitute mm-hmm. for, um, Harry to Connor. Um, and he teaches her a lot about like finance and stuff mm-hmm. and her and Celia have a symbolic marriage cause she's married to Celia's brother, Robert, but mm-hmm. they, they like, they have like, a little ceremony yeah. in their room. Um, and eventually Connor gets older yeah, and she then she goes to school, school in Stanford, and she starts working in finance. And uh, yeah, and then Celia dies six years after they moved to Europe. Yeah, but they had they had some good times together. Celia died in her arms in their bed, and obviously it was a very difficult loss. She goes right. to bury Celia same place that Harry is buried, and she goes to Harry's grave. And cries, and the media takes pictures, but they're basically just like, oh, she's she misses Harry. Whatever. But she just misses everybody. Yeah, and uh, and then all of Celia's stuff goes to Robert, which then in turn will go to Evelyn, mm-hmm. uh, which was the whole reason they got married in the first place, so her assets could go, and, and to like hide that they were together. Right. Um, and then <laughs> it skips forward like a couple of years, and Evelyn and then- moves back to New York. Well, Robert dies. Robert dies. Evelyn moves back to New York to be with her daughter. And then her daughter dies of Her cancer. daughter gets breast cancer and dies. And then we're That's basically caught up. 
Yeah, so that's how it ends. And then so we're, we're in, like, the present time now, which is why I say that this is just, like, the present time is just completely irrelevant because while this all this is happening, all Monique is doing is listening to her story and then being like, maybe I should apply some of this to my life. <laughs> and and like, she does. She, like, she gets a deal out of Vivant where she gets to keep her job until right. she can release a biography and stuff like that. She decides she wants to leave her husband. But Evelyn finally drops a bombshell of why she picked yes. Monique and why Monique's going to hate her. And it's because Monique's dad was the passenger in Harry's car. Right. So her dad was Harry's gay lover. And um, Evelyn gives her this letter that her father had written to Harry. And it basically says, like, I can't leave my wife. She is, like, my best friend. Right. Even though I'm attracted to you, I can never hurt her that way, and I love my daughter too much. So I'm not going to do this whole marriage farce with you, Celia, and Evelyn, and I wish you, like, all the best in the world, but I love my daughter so much. Right. Um, and so at first, Monique's pissed, and then the next day is, like, the shoot for the magazine, for the pictures. So she ends up coming back, and her and Evelyn make some sort of amends. And she basically, Evelyn basically lets onto the fact, because she, she's sending her housekeeper Grace away on a vacation. Mm-hmm. She lets onto the fact, and throughout the book, Evelyn has been mentioning that she picked Monique also because Monique wrote this really excellent piece about physician-assisted Assist- suicide. And Monique eventually figures out that Evelyn is planning on ending her own life because she also has breast cancer. And she watched how her daughter died and she didn't want to go through that. So she goes, Monique goes through this little internal battle. Should I stop Evelyn? Should I let her do it? And she's like, you know what? She's lived such a long life. This is how she wants to die. I wrote that piece. She picked me because I wrote that piece. And she trusts me. And she gave me this story. So I'm going to let her do it. Her mom comes into town. Monique's mom comes into town. She decides she's getting divorced. Evelyn dies. And then the end of the book is the excerpt from Vivant with a little bit about um, what the biography is going to be on. And it also is like that, the epic TikTok line that I hear all the time where it's like, people always ask me about my husbands, but, um, what, oh, here, yeah. Is this one? No, she told me, because they are just husbands. I am Evelyn Hugo. And anyway, I think once people know the truth, they'll be much more interested in my wife. And that's the end of the book. Anyways, Honestly. Celia was insufferable. She was super selfish and she was also a hypocrite. Yeah, um, and she just constantly, once again, you can't be too mad at her because it is a different time. But considering the fact that she's a lesbian in, like, 1950s, 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, her entire life, but, like, living in that time period. But you'd think that, like, she would be more willing to be open-minded about sexuality, but she still only saw the world in black and white. Opposed to seeing it in a multi a multiverse of color. Yeah, and she was also just like, when things were going well, she was nice. When they weren't, she was mean. Mm-hmm. I think that's just the truth of like, real relationships though. Like that, it's they were people. They were selfish people. They yeah. were people who were famous and rich. They weren't perfect, and at least they got some semblance of happiness and peace in the end. But yeah. Yeah, so that's that's it. That's the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Decent yeah. read. Not one of my not my all time favorite. No. But still still worth a read. Um and yeah, so that's about all for this episode. If you don't already follow us on social media, we have several accounts at the Woody Banter Book Club on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and 
TikTok. TikTok. Um, for those of you listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. We love Please you. leave a little rating for us. Yes. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, seeing our beautiful faces, we love you. Um, please leave a like, and if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, as always, thank you for the support. As Maddie said earlier, we have that Etsy store up with some fun bookmarks. Um, so if you want to check that out, we'd really appreciate it. All the funds go towards the podcast, our equipment, our subscriptions, that sort of thing. Um, so we really appreciate all your support. And as always, happy, happy reading. reading. Should we have some pie now? Mm-hmm.